Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Free Drop Podcast. Before we get into the interview with Matteo Manasero, I just thought it necessary to provide a brief overview of his career to date. In 2009, at the age of 16, Manasero won the silver medal awarded to the low amateur at the Open Championship and finished in a tie for 13th, just four shots shy of the lead. Showing it was no fluke, he followed it up in 2010 by becoming the youngest player to make the cut at the Masters, before turning pro a few weeks later. He found immediate success in the professional ranks too, becoming the youngest European Tour winner in history with his victory at the 2010 Castello Masters. He would win titles in each of the next three years and become the youngest four-time winner on the European Tour in the process. As Matteo describes so incredibly candidly in this interview, his career hasn't exactly gone to plan since then, and in his pursuit of increased length of the tee, his swing and game declined to the extent that he lost his European Tour card in 2018. He chats about pressing the reset button and how working on both the mental and technical aspects of the game has helped him rebuild his career and ultimately restore his love of competition. I'd just like to thank Matteo so very much for not only giving of his time, but also for his brutal honesty, which makes for such fascinating listening. I encourage every golf fan listening to this to give Matteo a follow on social media because he is certainly a player that is very much on the comeback trail. As we look to grow the free drop audience on social media, please also consider giving us a follow on Facebook at free drop podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at free drop underscore podcast. Without any further delay, here is Matteo Manasero. What are you getting up to? You spent a couple of weeks um, in, in South Africa playing on the Challenge Tour, but what are you what are you getting up to now that you have a couple of weeks off? Well, uh, obviously, uh, the season is going to be really long, so I, I decided to take a bit of a break uh, and not play all the tournaments I could have played in South Africa. Uh, so I came back home from uh, from Cape Town, uh, straight home. Uh, I will be here for until the 20th of March. And then from uh, from here, I'm, I'm coming back to play the Limpopo events, the two of them, and then the Tanzania event still on uh, on challenge tour that's the that's the plan uh, i decided not to play four take a small break and then play three because probably would have been a little bit too much uh, early in the season you know after some work to to kind of reshape the swing and and, and restart the season fresh i i didn't want to take a really really like aggressive dive into the season and and start with seven with seven events in like nine nine weeks that would have been a little bit too much so i decided to plan it this way so now i'm i'm back home i'm practicing a little bit and uh, uh not doing much else really yeah, what what do you what do you generally get up to when you when you're not playing golf out of interest uh, I, I i love football uh as a as an hobby i don't play it often obviously i've got my uh, my girlfriend. I, I spend time with her, which is, uh, which is, uh, it's not something I unfortunately I do very often. So I just uh, I enjoy home. You know, my my girlfriend, my dog, uh, practicing, uh, just chilling. You know, and just a normal life. Yeah. 
which is uh, what we miss when uh, when we travel so much you know uh, the the longer you you stand outside um, outside your your country and and the more you put the bases at home the more you miss them uh, when when you travel uh, because we spend so much time uh, away we miss things that we that we have at home and you know that's uh, it's just something that I, I love doing when I'm back. Just enjoy, enjoy home. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, given how chock-a-block your, your schedule is on a year-to-year basis, it is important to to have those weeks where you are able to sort of switch off a bit and, and, and reset. But you've done a fair bit of traveling this year already. And, you know, you you had a very, very good start to the Saudi International a few, a few weeks ago. And, um, and, reminded everyone of, of the high quality golf that uh, that you're capable of but um i read something quite interesting you you remarked that after the first round 64 you had a particular shot you had a shot into the 13th that was particularly important in the context of of your round do you do you recall that and and do you remember why you felt like it was important well in, uh, in a in a really good round of golf, there is a lot of different moments, uh, as maybe people might not think so, but that's that's how it is. And there is there is moments in which like everything is flawless and and easy, and everything comes naturally. And then there is moments in which you don't feel the shot. Maybe you still have to produce a shot, uh, but you're not feeling it. It's it doesn't give you a good a good vibe and. You know, you, you try to do your best, and and in that moment, I had that feeling. It was not an easy shot for me, uh, but I I managed. You know, with speaking to myself correctly, with my thoughts, they were they were the right ones, and with a good execution, I, I managed to kind of step over that particular situation and hit a good shot, and and that's why I'm always uh, more pleased. To, to see these moments on the golf course rather than um, like appreciating a flawless moment in which everything feels and comes easy. You know, it's uh, when it gets a little bit dirty, gets a little bit tough um, and you're not feeling it. That's when, you know, with all the work that I do at home on my mental side and on my technical side, to be able to put it all in place in one shot under pressure, that's... Uh, that's a really good sign. It's a sign that the work is going in the right direction. That's and why you, I, I mentioned that shot as a as an important one for me. And do you feel like like your game is is really starting to to head in the right direction? I mean, obviously you had that you had um, you played some decent golf in Saudi Arabia and then um, also in Cape Town as well, finishing finishing tied eighth, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you feel like like your game is is starting to get back to to where you know it should be yeah for sure uh, is uh, is definitely trending in the right direction my my work is uh, is good is, is is on a good path like i know i know exactly what i have to do what bricks i need to put in order to 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 build up this house and that i started uh, like now just over two years ago so things are going nicely and i'm I'm enjoying competition, you know, which for a, a few years I didn't. 
uh, now it's it's uh, it gives me good feeling to stand on the first tee and see what the day what the day is uh, has for for me on the golf course you know and try to do um, one shot better than the other than the next one like so that's what i that's what i try to do and 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 i'm i'm just happy i'm just happy about that particular feeling on the golf course the, the results i always well not always but especially after starting to understand a few, a few more things and mature alongside the game of golf uh, i understood that they they literally just come you know it's something that is completely out of your control uh, what you can do is is to prepare yourself well for the situations that you're gonna have and then just go out you know if if you are happy on the first tee the way you feel and if you're happy to go into the round and maybe have to fight or maybe experience around like the first round in saudi just anything can happen golf is golf is strange you need to be prepared for any situation and if you're happy to do that on the first tee then the work has been the work has been good and then you take feedback after the round but i am uh, i am very very satisfied the work the work i'm doing and the results have been good in the at the beginning of the year but there is a full season to 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 go so like feet on the ground and and keep working golf is we know it can give you a lot of satisfaction very quickly but also you need to be prepared for whatever can bring you because it's not only roses yeah for, for sure but we'll i mean we'll delve into um you know the the highs and lows of your career in a bit but before we get too ahead of ourselves would you mind just sort of providing a bit of info on on your background and you know where you where you grew up and how you got into the game and and your early success as an amateur um well i i grew up basically where where i still live uh verona is my hometown uh, and i and i played golf golf in garda golf basically all my life uh, then you know obviously as you might know everything happened really quickly so national team as a as a kid and then i won the british amateur that gave me kind of the opportunity to get into professional life from uh, a privileged door because i had a lot of invites i could use and try to get my my car without going to q school so uh, that's that, basically everything happened really all i dreamed for happened really really quickly so that was uh, um, that's what it that's my career i guess you you've seen it you, you you know what i'm talking about but yeah that that was it i grew up here where i still live which is uh, is a place that i i really really like it's a place that feels like home um, and been starting traveling since I was 14. I haven't stopped yet. And was it, I mean, did you fully, do you think you fully sort of grasped what, like how quickly things were happening for you when, when you were going through them? I mean, to, to win the amateur at, at 16 and then, you know, have the success at the open, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's quite a lot for, for a 16 year old to, to take in um do you think you you fully grasped what was going on or do you think you were just sort of living in the moment and just sort of taking it as it as it came uh, well I, I was definitely living in the moment uh 
but I had only experienced good in golf, you know. So everything was uh, was successful. So I I definitely did at the time. Grass sport was going on, but maybe not. Uh, I wasn't able to. I haven't been able to enjoy it as much as maybe I would now, knowing how actually hard it is to to be there, you know, because. When you start really, really quickly and everything happens for you also really quickly, you realize what you're doing because in the end, you always dreamed of winning uh, the events I won, but you don't realize how much hard work normally there is to get there. So the appreciation of the moment is is a bit different, you know, almost... Uh, don't get me wrong, that's not exactly how it is, but you almost take for granted that you'd be, you, you'd be successful uh, because you haven't experienced failure, basically. So I, I was totally living in the moment, uh, but you know my moment was was just very, very at a high standard at, the mo- at, at that moment. So it was difficult to uh, kind of get down to earth in terms of golf and result. So it was also hard for me to really develop as a player because to develop as a player, you, you, you have to take one step ahead, two steps back, learn from them and, and kind of like that. But my beginning was hmm. very quick and, and a yeah. very quick race. So there was downsides that I, I didn't see at the moment because it was all good. It was all great, actually. You know, that, that's what I experienced. Just a really, really, really quick rise to what I always dreamed of. And that didn't allow me like to mature in some ways. You know? But that happened later. You know? So things happen for a reason. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that my early career went that way because you know, it gave me so many satisfactions. And just sort of shifting to the Open Championship, I mean, to play the first two rounds with with Tom Watson must have been absolutely surreal. And what what were the lessons that you learned from from playing the Open that week? Um, you know, about kind of playing golf at the highest level. You know, it was it was an, an, a fantastic experience, obviously. But to see it right now uh, was an even better experience. The I would say what I what I can take back now is Tom's calmness, Tom's like um, way to enjoy golf and enjoy the moment, and he was completely like living the moment as. If it was, I don't know, it's difficult, very difficult to to explain it. But his way of being on the golf course, his way of walking, his way of playing, it was so calm and 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 so balanced. Like let's put it that way. It was obviously it didn't. It started uh, the week probably with with the same goals I had was probably to make the cut or to enjoy the week or whatever but but then everything happened really really quickly and 
it got to the point in which oh, I can win this, but nothing changed. He was so balanced and, and all the experience obviously he had from playing golf at that level for 40 years made him live like that on a golf course and, and play golf with such a flawless calm. That was, it was unbelievable to watch. Not probably not something I could pick at the time and understand, but remembering it later was probably the biggest uh, experience I had from, uh, from that, from that week. And the rest was just dreamland, you know, walking to the first tee, Surgeon Tom, Sergio Garcia and Tom Watson, you know, people clapping at you. Everything is surrounded by crowds, and it's just dreamland for me, really. That's uh, that's what it was. So, the golfing experience it gave me obviously the, the understanding that I that I could be at that level, that I could compete at that level, and and I could do well in a in a tournament like that, which mentally is so important you know i i and only played as an amateur in great events and i did really well as an amateur but when you step into that kind of level you need to see whether you can or you cannot at the moment and that gave me the the confidence that i could so it was really important for myself as in like a, a build build of confidence but what I learned from Tom was, was what I said before. And, and, and just to experience that environment, that vibe, the British Open in probably the course I liked the most out of the, the, the open courses I played. Just everything was 10 out of 10. Nothing was, nothing was off place apart from my last three holes. And I mean, you weren't, how did you, how did you, um, you know, handle the the attention that you that you received from whether it be fans or or um, or media, whatever the case may be. I mean, for a as I've said a couple of times, for a sixteen year old, like that's a lot to a lot to take in and a lot to process. How did you how did you handle that, and how were you able to you know just focus on the practice that you needed to do ahead of the ahead of the first round, and um, how did you manage how did you manage um, all of that? <sighs> Kind of naturally, really, because it, it was like a little bit like the ba like going back to a kid that dreams to be there. So everything that comes with it is enjoyable in some ways. So even a press conference is enjoyable. Uh, it's really like I was a kid that was um, like put into uh, a successful professional's body and living that week. So I, I, I did it, I guess, kind of naturally. I don't know. I, I, had, I had help from, from the people close to me, you know, my coach Alberto at the time, and then I had all the family there. So I also had a lot of distractions, but the, the enjoying the fans, seeing all the crowd and all the, those stuff, it was... It was just a natural enjoyment and then um, having press that ask you things and stuff like that and in, in that moment it was just part of all the package of that week that was kind of fun to kind of fun to experience you know so i, I did it enjoying it really 
I really didn't enjoy it. And then I, I, if you ask me, all the surrounding of uh, having success and having uh, people that want you to perform and stuff, a few years later, they were tough. But during that week, it was like, oh, yeah, I have to do press. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Just, that, that's what it was. No, that's... It, that's... Yeah. It was kind of natural. I don't know. It was just, it was fun. So it was easy to do. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing answer. But um, it's easy to, it's easy to forget with the success that you had at the British Open. It's easy to forget that you were also the, at the time, the youngest um, player to, to make the cut at the Masters in, in 2010. Yeah. Um, you know, was that just, again, confirmation that you, you know, you were destined for a, a career as a professional. I mean, when did your, when did your attention shift to, to turning pro and, and um, trying to make a living out of it? I think, um, I think after the open, I had already decided uh, that I was going to try, try that path and get the invites and try to get on tour. Uh, as, as quick as I could, but anyway, uh, definitely step into the pro world and experience it and play as much as I could. You know, again, it was uh, for me, it was such a privilege to have that opportunity. It was unbelievable everything that was coming at me, and so I and I was playing well, and in, and, and the, the results were showing me that I could, so it was kind of easy for me to decide. Um, so at the Masters I had already decided really because I turned pro like a month after the Masters so mm. yeah that was another unbelievable experience basically the, the same but probably uh, it, it was it was better because there was a lot of the Masters that I watched at home since I was a baby uh, yeah and so to, live, to, to be on the golf course and reliving all those moments that I was seeing on TV was incredible. But as a pure experience uh, of the four tournament days, the Open was better. Was better. Uh, to experience and to be at the Masters, that's like indescribable, obviously, but different ways mm. to experiences and um yeah i mean it's it's interesting that i mean it's amazing how much one one forgets over time and uh, when i was preparing for the for the interview i had forgotten that you actually didn't miss a cut in 2010 after you turned pro so you began your career with the um t20 t29 at the italian open which yeah. we'll get to in a bit but um you know, I mean, were you were you quite taken aback at at how seamlessly you made the transition from amateur golf to to the professional game? Again, not really. No, everything was kind of subconscious. Like I was just playing golf. You know, I was just playing golf, and my mind was full of confidence. My game was full of confidence. So it's what we what we mentioned before, right? Not experiencing the the downside the failure side it was mm. uh, not 
not more than a round of golf for a bad tournament. Nothing, nothing, but not even that, you know, I, I was really, really consistent, really steady. And then you add to it like the, um, how can I describe it? The, the joy, the, the, yeah, just probably just the joy of, I have this chance, like this is, this is what I always dreamed of. So I was in a, in a state of mind that was unbeatable, unreachable as well, because all of that was because it was the first, it was the start, everything was new, um, everything had happened really quickly. So I dreamed of being a professional. I win the British Amateur and I end up making the cut, the Open and the Masters. I'm pro and I'm doing well. So like you can't, you can work to have that mentality that I had in the moment. But obviously, in a, on a long term, you also pay that because golf is totally not like that. It can be for some for a period of time, but there is highs. Those really, really highs, and there is lows. And I wasn't seeing the lows at the time, so everything was. To be honest, I. I I, I didn't think of making cuts or or, or, or those things. There wasn't um, there wasn't specific goals in my mind. I was trying to do well in the, in in the tournaments I had, uh, but really nothing else. Everything seemed really really hard to do. Like uh, I was I was thinking, how how hard is it to? I wasn't even thinking of the card. I have seven invites. Fantastic. Let's play seven, seven tour events. That's, that's big. That was already big. Yeah. And seven challenge tour events. That was big as well because some of the other guys that turned pro close to me, they didn't have that chance. So everything was new. It was great. Uh, and, and then everything also happened because I was playing very, very good golf. But not any, not specific goals. I wasn't focused on. I have to get my cards, otherwise I'm going to... Whatever happens. You know, I started this path, I had this opportunity, and I was I was floating around, just playing golf. And playing golf at the, at the best level, like that, all of a sudden, yeah. I had that opportunity. I gained it, for sure, because I, I played really good as an amateur. Mm. But still i was there i had that opportunity and I, for some reasons i didn't i never felt like a huge uh weight on my shoulders that i had to perform or 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 anything because i was receiving invites i was i felt out of place no that was probably the the best part of myself in that moment that i was feeling where i needed to be being very very young which is which means that you don't necessarily have to be on the European tour at that age, for sure. Mm. But I, I felt in the right place, and and I and my mind was empty of bad stuff, you know. Like I'm here, I'm the best players in the world. How can I do it? Like I feel small and stuff. I was empty yeah. of that. I didn't have that, and probably that was my being a young guy without any bad thoughts 
that only experienced really good golf and that made me perform. I was in the best mental environment I could be. And I mean, you were never really... So so is it safe to say that you were never really phased by, you know, the... I mean, I know that I read quite a few comparisons between you and, and, and Sevi um, when you when you first turned pro, I think one of the things was he had been the youngest um, uh, European tour member in history, I think 17 years and eight days or something. And I think you were 17 and 17 days. Um, again, I'm sure those those things probably just didn't enter your mind because, as you say, you were just playing and just in, enjoying yourself and taking things as they came. Yeah, I, the, the, I was. I was. When I won... I realized that, uh, obviously not before it, mm. uh, because I would have answered, yeah, or whatever, yeah, okay, thanks for letting me know, but, you know, I think a lot of the, the, the comparison with Sevi uh, was crazy, uh, Sevi is an icon of golf, is uh, more than a legend, so... A lot of it came because it was my idol, and I and I really enjoyed and, and really felt that personality he had the way he was playing. But it wasn't even similar the way we were playing. You know, I, I was playing a a very different game to what it was. What it was. Yeah, you were much you were much straighter off the tee. <laughs> no, yeah, very diff, much more boring golf. I I, I used to play than than Savings. So a lot of the comparison came probably long dark hairs, I guess, and. And he was my idol and, and and all of that. But, you know, nothing really, it was too big for me to, to feel any pressure, if you know what I mean. Yeah. In the golfing gods, you know. He's uh, always been my idol. Thank you very much if you compare me to him, but I leave him where he's, he's, he's heavy. Oh, that's that's very, very, very humble of you. But you won your first event towards the end of, of 2010 and then at the Castello Masters and then followed it up with um, wins in each of the next three years. I guess, would you mind sort of describing what, you know, what the strong parts of your game were during this, during this period of time? I mean, I sort of glanced over your stats yesterday and... Um, noticed that obviously you, you you drove it incredibly straight and um and hit a lot of greens and made a lot of putts which is obviously a great great combination, combination but, yeah. yeah but um what yeah if, if if you had to sum up like um where where your game was at during this during this time how would you how would you describe it i think it, um, there wasn't uh, there wasn't like really a big um really impressive quality shots that you might see from other players uh, but there was like an awful lot of consistency and my iron play was really really accurate especially the seven iron and down i was giving myself a lot of chances uh, obviously hitting the ball straight but short so that was the, the weakness it was not hitting it long enough uh, and my putting was really good. When when I had a good week of putting, uh, that's when when I had probably a, ch a chance to do well in the tournament. 
because I couldn't destroy courses. I still needed like a really good short game to to be there, to be up on top. But overall, it was a very consistent game. That's uh, that, that's how I would describe it. Not really, really big highs, but always, always steady and always creating good chances. And did you did you ever like feel like you you really needed to to make any sort of drastic changes i mean i like i don't want to put words in your mouth but you did you did sort of try and change your swing and try and add a bit of distance off the tee if i'm if i'm not if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah no that's that's correct that's correct i um end of 2013 2014 2014 i would say uh i i got to top 30 in the world uh and but i felt that competing with those guys i needed something extra which is probably um it was a like a natural thought mm. but uh probably didn't address it the right way uh i tried to do it with swing and and not enough with physical um improvement so okay. basically gym uh, yeah and things went a bit wrong there but generally was trying to make a step ahead forward uh, you know i got to that point really really good let's try to do something else which is natural you know when you get to when you get to to that point but again part of it was also not having experienced ever a moment in which i i started to play bad uh, I, I probably wanted things too quick and too soon so i didn't say i didn't approach it this way i didn't say i need to get longer but let's sit down and and take uh, and take in what could be the consequences and how long can this work be okay it might be six months and you might have a bad season but where are we going to focus on which which is totally i mean you can do that at the at that moment i could because i had ex exemptions and stuff you know but um, in my mind i always wanted to perform and i need, and, and i wanted to to keep the standard standard there of results but yeah. at the same time i was trying to to improve something that takes time that was very different to what i was doing and and needed time so every time i, I stepped into of a, a little bit um how can i how can i describe it a little bit uh, uncomfortable situation uh, feel uh, technically i'm speaking mm. uh, I, I i didn't i didn't insist there because i felt mm, I cannot perform like this. So I never had the, I never had the patience and the, and like a good structure in order to say, I'm going to improve this and the results might be bad, but let's focus on this. Yes. So at the end of the process, if you've been patient and worked and, 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 and you follow the path and you forgot about the scores for a little bit, this thing will have improved and you put a brick 
that you wanted to put onto the house. I never had the patience to do that because I always wanted to be able to perform. So I kind of stood in between the two things for a long time. And that created some problems because then I started to swing it worst. I started to, to, to doubt myself. I started to see bad results, you know, and, and that was, uh, that was tough on a mind that always wanted great and decent was already not so good, really. And that's the mind of, I had early on in the career, not the mind I have now for sure. I definitely don't think it that way anymore, but I had to go through that process to understand it, you know? In a way, I mean, do you, you kind of sort of alluded to it earlier, but in a way, do you sort of wish that you had had sort of a couple more up and like up, like up and down moments earlier on? rather than success after after success no, no i cannot I, I i i received uh much more than i than i than i wanted to and i'm grateful of what happened in those years absolutely sure. and the problem was probably in that process of uh of of, of trying to improve uh that's that's when that's when the the problems came you know just not probably not enough structure to be able to um, to be able to to let those to let the let that work sink in and and let my body feel bad go through the mechanic changes and give it time to improve. So probably it was the transition moment that was uh, not done properly by myself and by people that was around me because it was, you know, I always I always talk as a team in that in that sense. We did great, mm. but in the, in that moment we we didn't do things right and probably uh, they they probably didn't insist with me enough. I was stubborn because I wanted to perform and it's not easy to speak with an athlete that wants to perform all the time. Uh, it was, everything was, uh, was kind of difficult, but I, I, I wouldn't change anything that happened before. You know? I wouldn't trade any win for, uh, for like more knowledge uh, of, mm. of the situation. Sure. No, that, that's, no. It's especially because you can never, you can never say that it happened because of that. I mean, um let's give the example of another player that is receiving everything extremely quickly mm. morikawa yeah i'm sure he has enough structure to say i want to improve this i'm gonna give myself time to improve this and he will improve it he might have a little bit of a flexion in which I mean, the guy's incredible, so it might be a really quick flexion and then up again. But yes, the structure to be able to change being at the top and not dropping down. So that that is that is understanding. That is there is a lot of there is a lot of things that that 
probably people don't see that we need to go through while we are competing every week and people expect us to compete well every week we still have to improve because otherwise we're stopping there you know so that's that's the hard bit but it's great to be at the level in which people think that you might win and Mm. at least in italy expect you to win every week you know it's great to get to the point because it means you've done something really good so i don't take anything back no sure that's actually a very 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 detailed answer um but what i mean how difficult was it to to arrive at an event knowing that you know people had the belief that that you could win and, and maybe maybe you didn't truly like deep down feel like like you could win i mean how did how did how did you deal with that and who did you you can't deal with that i tell you it's terrible it's a bad feeling because uh, you know what your what your feels are you know where your game is at mm. and you know what pressure does to your game when you're not able to to have something that helps you dealing with it so you're basically you're you're floating in a in a in a bad sea basically uh, and and see see what see what happens uh, you know the, the feeling is bad because people exp- and those were the early years when i started to play and, and, and feel bad but i was still there i was still you know playing good tournaments and stuff and and it was it was tough because people still see the name and say oh he can turn around quickly and and, mm. and he can win this week and, and see what happened but you feel you know i don't have it in me I'm, I'm playing terrible i don't know what i'm doing so it just builds up pressure and it's uh, and it becomes really really hard to enjoy competing you know it's the opposite of what we said earlier in the interview <laughs> what i'm feeling now which is i have a, i have a structure i know what i'm doing uh, i can then go on the first team and enjoy the golf ready for whatever it happens I can deal with it. Uh, at the time, people want to play well. Everybody expects you to play well, but you know you can, and 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 you don't know how to deal with the golf course and with with whatever happens on the golf. Course. So it becomes impossible to enjoy. Just a, just a grind, big grind, but a grind for not a grind to. Okay, let's bring this one under par home, and and then we practice. And tomorrow, if I get a good feel, I can shoot sixty six. No, mm. right? Because you need to finish. Cool. Stuff. Out of interest, I mean, when like over the last couple of years, have you had any conversations with someone like Marcel Sim, who you know also has won four times on the Euro Tour, and then? Also found himself back on the challenge tour. Were those? Is that uh, someone yeah. you, you ever chatted to? Uh, no, I, I I did chat it to some guys that experienced bad bad situations, but you know everything is so personal. They they definitely did uh, ad- advise me all of them to try and and work uh, in my mind you know, on the mental side, work it as much as. You work the golf swing because it's like it's it's a part of the 
of us that needs to be trained and needs to be practiced uh, needs to be trained again and that put under pressure and then go back take the feedback and trained again in order to really have it to work the way you want it to work and to help you so i definitely got that bit of advice of, of players that have gone through bad situations bad moments uh, and went through it changing things first of all like like putting a full stop and restart again kind of letting the past be the past uh, be good memories but don't drag the past with you and then work on the mental side and and, and alongside the technical swing and stuff that at the end is what um, makes you feel great as a, as a golfer and then the mind allows you to be able to deal with whatever happens so there was these two things that i these two bit of advice is that i got from different players but definitely it's what i what i've been told the most and, and it has definitely been the the right way for me so what what changes did you did you make from a sort of i suppose like a team standpoint or like a just a general like i don't know practice regime standpoint in, in in 2018 i mean when you decided to you know pretty much press reset obviously it was a combination of the mental and the and the technical but what yeah. i mean if, if you had to give a brief overview of, of the overall changes that you made um i changed everything i changed the whole team because i I felt that I exactly needed a full stop and a restart. Uh, my team has been part of my life for many years. I'm grateful with them, uh, to them, absolutely. They, I mean, Alberto, my old coach, is like family to me. Uh, but it was a time in which I, I needed to, to restart end of 2018 uh, I changed I started with a new coach I spoke with uh, Francesco Molinari helped me a lot on that uh, because he advised me he's short game coach at the time and he said he could be really good with me because he kind of had a, a similar uh, like idea of what we like on the golf course which is like mechanics to support feel so mechanics to let the feel flow mm. uh, and that has been a little bit you know it's what i like to to feel you know to have good mechanics that allow me to use my feel instead of having just a lot of thoughts and trying to be like very robotical i don't want that i want to feel uh, that my swing supports what i want to do um, and then I decided to work with on the mental side. So I, I started to work with the with a with a girl that I already knew from before because she used to play golf with me, uh, and uh, she's she's called Alessandra Verna, and she's been unbelievable help for me uh, on realizing a lot of things. And uh, you know, just when you start speaking about things with somebody that knows how to do her job on that side. Mm. Uh, I'll, 
makes you reflect on things and, and you start giving answers and, and you start developing um, your new kind of mental structure uh, and and I needed to reset, so I needed to start from uh, understanding and creating my new attitude, uh, my new goals, and, and and kind of everything really new. Uh, so those two are the the main the main changes uh, I made, as in the changes that it's like a, a way of approach approaching the the work that i didn't have before and now it's it's different and it and it's this one um so that was it 2000 end of 2018 started from very much the basics and improving uh, time after time and i mean do you do you think that you know because you only i mean you you're not even 29 yet do you feel like because time is on your side from an age standpoint, and also you, you know, you, you've had so much, you've you've gained so much experience in your life. I mean, are you are you a lot more patient now and, and trusting that you know it may take eighteen months, it may take two years, but you will get back to 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 where you where you're meant to be in the game. Well, for sure, I'm more patient. Uh, there is also a side that I, I would I would call it. I I started to uh, understand in in what process of mind I work well, and that process of mind is building and improving and and constructing uh, my golf my mindset and and all those things instead of. Uh, I don't really perform in this is my goal I need to achieve it full stop as in result yeah I I take it on, on, on another side and I go on the golf course and I try to build my round I try to focus on what I need to do on the first tee exaggerate it try and do it be brave on what I'm doing and then the next shot try to make it better than the one before and then like that I don't set myself goals as in I want to finish top 10 this week uh, mm. today is 65 and, and things like that I, I don't I don't work uh, properly like that uh, I don't perform like that um, and I'm much more uh, a guy that likes to build work improve every day and see a 67 come like that and and i take a lot of enjoyment doing that you know so i don't put extra pressure on me the pressure is already there of the golf tournament as it nor normally is and and i realized in, in which ways i work properly so that was that was a huge huge thing for me uh, to go back to where I belong to is, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I, I will, uh, maybe, maybe I, I want, or maybe I will do better. It's, it's not really under my control, uh, and and definitely isn't when 
but I, I know that I measure it, measuring the work that I'm doing and, and how my work is, is improving. And that's improving a lot. So I know that if I keep improving and that is gonna be done the way I've done things until now, in the last two years, uh, three years, I, I can I can take step forwards and see where they bring me. And I guess it also it probably relaxes you knowing that with your new outlook on, on, on the game, you're not you know you're not as as results focused. Um, and then that that also helps you just you know have that clarity of thought and and and, and get back to to really enjoying the game because I'm. I'm sure like when you miss a few cuts in a row, it's, it's very easy to, to fall out of love with the game. Correct. If it's only results, you'll never win. You'll never ever win because you can never beat results. Really. There is always, unless you win every week and then uh, good for you, but everything can be if if you start from missing cuts then you make a top 10 fantastic if you make a couple of top 10s then you want to finish top five and and when you finish top five you're still you're happy with the results because you're doing that and then you you end up in contention and you lose the tournament and you fail mm. because at the end golf is it's just too hard based on results you never win it's it's uh, you win if you win twice in a season it's an amazing season amazing and how can you how can you win against that i mean you, you miss more cuts than you win so based on results you're you're never going to be satisfied at least i don't think so and adding that you already put more pressure than you should have before playing is going to be even more difficult to get to where you want to because you need a process you need you need a you need something else to focus on uh, i believe and and results will come and they are satisfying they are they are good because they came with the right mindset and derive enjoyment on the golf course. It's um it's interesting because a, a friend of mine who who plays on the on the Sunshine Tour, he's actually got a got a tattoo of something you said in a in an interview a few years ago, which translated to English means um, calmness is a virtue of the of the strong. I mean, is that is that sort of calm mindset something you you know you you constantly have to like remind yourself of um now when you when you're in a tournament situation or is it now again sort of second nature just sort of taking it taking it one one shot at a time uh, no it's something you need to be conscious of um it doesn't always become natural because golf is a is a bad beast at times you know so he's an ugly beast and and it's not easy to be calm uh, against certain moments so as as i mentioned before it needs to be trained the mind needs to be trained in order to 
um, to process things the way you want. Uh, you know, talking yourself properly, uh, that helps a lot. You know, having a set attitude that you want to maintain is also something that makes you realize very quickly when you're losing that calmness uh, or when you're in it. So you can bounce back and forth depending on what the round uh, is, is giving you. I mean, there is, there is very easy rounds to stay calm, like my first round in Saudi, very easy to be calm in that round. Uh, everything comes the way you want it to, so very easy. And then there is rounds like the first and second in Frankfurt, in which nothing came, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I was playing decent, I was putting bad, and when I could get a bad kick, I was going to get a bad kick. And when I could be in between clubs, I was in between clubs. So in those rounds, you need to have that attitude and stick to it, like forcing yourself to stick to it. But having it makes you realize that you, you, might, you might be going on the wrong path and you can come back, like pulling a string all the time. You know? So it is definitely a training uh, to, 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 to have that calmness, which we don't always have. But try to have it as most of the times. So heading in, heading into the to the rest of of the season. I mean, what is your, what are your sort of aspirations? I mean, I know we've 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 said that you that you're not um, particularly results based, but do you have like sort of smaller goals that you that you're looking to achieve um, this year? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I. I also have results goals. I mean, at the end, we look at the rankings and, and we want to try and, and do well because it's... No, sure, yeah. You know, so I definitely, I, I would love to get my card. So that, that, would, be, that would be the ultimate goal. Uh, but it's, it's how mm. I get to that, that now I know that I, I need to work differently, like think differently. It's not just I need to work because I need to get there. Full stop. Now I, I yeah. know how I need to process things and how I need to act and the attitude and stuff to then hopefully get the result and, and and I would be really, really happy. But smaller smaller goals uh, are about the game and I, I would like to I've had last year I've had really, really highs, but in the lows I, I felt bad with the string and I felt struggling uh, so it was hard to like keep a, a decent consistency so I would like to bring the lows a little bit higher uh, the highs were good so I I'm not really concerned about that but mm. you know, remember when we talked about I used to be a very very consistent player without the yes. big, I would like to have that consistency a little bit higher throughout the season that's one of my like mechanical swing goals and i'm only speaking really about how i feel and how my swing is because then when you go out and on on the golf course then there, there is a lot of perceptions of the player that might be misleading somehow uh, but i want to have the swing to be with me and, and make me feel a little bit better throughout the whole season that's that's another goal for sure and, and out of interest, I mean, 
are you are you one who who looks at at stats? I mean, I know uh, like statistics. I mean, I know you said that there there sometimes misconceptions are around players and stats can be a bit misleading. So, do you kind of do you look at those from from one year to the next, or I I I do them. I I'm not a it's not a part of the game that intrigues me that much. So it's not that difficult for me to look them on long terms. Obviously, stats need to be looked at long terms because otherwise they're misleading, as you said, completely. Uh, but yeah, they're very, very helpful to sum up and take to sum up the maybe three, four, five tournaments, see where you're at, mm. see what you need to improve. Uh, to guide your practice, they're really important. And again, to take the perception of the player that might might say, this week I drove it so good and the stats show plus 0.2. Yeah. Say, I mean, yeah, you drove it good, but so good, uh, <laughs> sure. And I put it decent and the putt was plus one and a half strokes game. Yeah. But there is like, no, there's the yeah, other is that sort waiting, of discrepancy. You're not waiting this properly. Yeah, you're not waiting this properly. Yeah. Uh, so you know that that's and those are the perceptions of the players and, and and it's natural to have that. Stats help you to uh, like maintain a, a a statistical approach to how you want to improve the game. And and I I use them a lot for practice. Guiding my practice is really important with stats on long terms. Yeah, that sounds. But that sounds like a really really sort of sound way of going about it. And you know, taking yeah, what you need from them, and but not you know like placing too much emphasis on them. No, I mean, again, some players really like it, and so they should be if, if you're intrigued about them and knowing the numbers and knowing uh, that's cool i mean a lot of guys do you know decade and an aim point and uh, aim points are a bit different but anyway decade using their statistic and they really do the strategy with the statistics i think it's great i think it's totally fun. like it's a great tool to have then more uh, some players are more inclined in doing that some are less and that's just about the way you like the game the way you are yourself on your golf course um, and, and that's it but the numbers can help so much because at the end we play a lot of holes a lot of shots um, and numbers don't lie never never again not just not not just taking one week taking mm. three months of tournament you start looking a little bit and you say, hmm, we've got something here. 70 to 90 yards performing terrible. Let's work on that. If you look at one week in which you might have hit four shots of that distance, that you know doesn't make any sense. Yeah, for, for sure. But you've been you've been very, very generous with your time. So just a couple of um sort of shorter shorter questions to to finish up if you don't mind so obviously i mean you've been a household name for over a decade now what is what is something that most golf fans are unlikely to know about you 
either as a person or as a player, maybe a superstition or or anything like that? Uh, I'm not superstitious, but I don't know. I because I like cooking. Uh, oh really? I love, yeah, I like cooking. Yeah, I don't mind. I when I've got time, I I cook at home. So people not. I mean, being Italian, they could guess, but I I quite like it. I'm I'm into food. So I mean, do you do you generally like when you when you're on the road? Do you generally try and look to stay in like self catering? Um, not as much because for the guy that tends to cook of the group staying in a house is hard work. <laughs> so okay. I like to cook, but I'm smart. I don't want to like, but the good thing is that when you cook, you don't dishwash. So two different guys, you know, so either one or the other, I'd rather I cook, but no, it's sometimes it's hard work. Uh, we do it. But we, we mostly, I mostly like to do hotels because we spend a lot of energies uh, out in the golf course, gym and stuff. So to also have to cook and dishwash, it's just uh, takes a bit of the relaxing, small relaxing time that we have uh, away. And sometimes we do it, it's fun, but probably next time I'm down in South Africa will be houses. So. Maybe some barbecue. <laughs> and who who are your good friends on tour? I mean, who who do you generally like to play practice rounds with, or you know, like if you get paired together with someone, who who are you most excited to play with? Well, uh, speaking out about the challenge tour, which is what I've been playing the last few years, uh, I mean, I've one of my best friends is Filippo Bergamaschi and Lorenzo Scalisa. Those are the guys that I. I mean, we always uh, arrange accommodations together, and we try to to fly together, uh, travel together, and uh, we always play practice rounds. Yeah, we do matches and stuff. But yeah, those are the. Now we get along all really well. I have to say, the Italian group uh, we're we're not many, so we 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 create a nice united group. But those two guys are the guys that I see also when I'm home. And do you find that like your um, you tend to to play better when you're playing with with guys that you're quite comfortable being around, like in a in a in a tournament setting? Not really. Uh, it wouldn't make uh, don't have any difference really. Uh, okay. On a competition, when you're in competition mode, yeah, you can have a better chat or or whatever, but. Uh, do mind your own business really uh you you finish those four out four and a half hours and then um and then you you eat together uh in any case you know so it's uh in those four and a half hours it's just uh, is, is is our job we, we get into um like a nice deep focus uh and then you know the round is uh, has got a lot of things going so there is not much time to just chill and uh, mm. be friends you know so i would say it's basically the same okay um and what this may be quite a this may sound like quite a deep question but what advice would you give to your 16 year old self either about golf uh, or life I, I think it's um we talked about it uh it's creating a 
having the having the the, the will and the patience uh, to alongside results doesn't matter the way they are to build the player to 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 build the house that is going to be lasting your whole career and build it nice and solid very early on don't get misled by results just keep building step by step and then the earlier you do it the better because then mm. the career is going to be long and enjoyable sure that's very very good advice but finally what is your what is your perfect off day look like my perfect off day is uh walk by the lake i live on with the dog girlfriend come back and AC milan playing or maybe go to the stadium so if, if we really would if we really would have the perfect day is stadium at night a win by AC milan and maybe in the middle uh you know a paddle match or a tennis match or something that obviously we're talking off golf huh? we're talking yeah, on yeah. yeah. On a, okay yeah that yeah. would be uh, in the middle you gotta eat properly as well and what's your what's your favorite dish to to cook favorite dish to cook um i like to cook see i i, I try to master it a little bit because it's not that easy but uh, when it comes well risotto is i really like to cook risotto because i can't cook, cook pizza so i go out to eat, i go out to eat pizza but risotto is what i cook when i try to do something fancy that's what i do awesome man well thank you so so much for, for the you, time Fred. i i can't tell you what an honor it's it's been to you know chat to you for an hour hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is i mean i think if someone had said to me at 12 years old while i was watching the open that i'd get to interview you one day yeah. i probably probably wouldn't have believed them but <laughs> thank you so so much it, it really has meant a lot to me thank you thank you my pleasure Craig. nice to meet you you too